What you doing? I'm running out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily fantasy football podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about fantasy football and the NFL at large for SportingNews.com. So we've got everything you need to know for the Week 9 Sunday and Monday games up there right now with all our rankings and game picks and breakdowns of everything that is going to go on the field, hopefully, in week nine and on Fridays here it's tune-up Fridays it's where we kind of break down the Thursday night game we give you a few injury updates going into the weekend things you should be notable before the designations come out and uh, the decisions are made there and we also bring in our guests for our three and out segment to, to break down a team this week it is the Rams and we'll talk to Locked On Rams host here on the network Travis Rogers about Todd Gurley, Tavon Austin, Kenny Britt and some of their other prospects here going into the game against Carolina and going forward in the second half after their bye week. But first, we had an exciting Thursday night game for a change. And from the fantasy perspective, this was fun to watch. It was 43-28. The Falcons win at Tampa Bay, avenge their week one loss. And it's good because a lot of things played out as we expected here with Matt Ryan going for 344 yards and four TDs. We thought he could light up the Tampa Bay secondary. He did. Jameis Winston got hurt near the end of this game, but still came through for you with 261 and three touchdowns. And you saw that it could have been even been even bigger there with Mike Glennon coming in for mop-up duty when Winston got banged up there in that uh, two-point conversion-type run. So Glennon was 10 of 11, 75, and a TD. So there is some upside for Glennon here in this offense. If Winston were to miss time, he does get kind of the mini buy to recover, so maybe he'll be okay. But it was good to see Winston come through, though, before he had to exit the game. And you look on the receiving side, your studs came through here as well. Mike Evans, a little bit more than Julio Jones, especially if you had Evans in a PPR. He had 150 receiving yards with two TDs, but 11 catches on 17 targets. And you like to see that production from Evans. For him, 11 of 17 is very efficient. For a lot of other receivers, it might not be, but given his issues with drops and some inconsistency, he makes spectacular catches sometimes that we saw in this game to make up for that. So 150 and two, good way to start the week if you had Evans. If you stacked Evans and Winston, you were very happy for a Thursday-Monday contest. And same thing goes with Ryan and Julio Jones. Jones only had 11 targets, but he turned them into eight catches for 111 yards and a touchdown after a slow start in the first half they really revved him up in the second half when things started opening up this 
Tampa Bay defense got completely worn down and worn out here. The big story injury-wise is you had Desmond Trufant as well on the Falcons side get hurt here. So we're not sure his status going forward, but if he's out, it helps a lot of cornerbacks that you're going to see these matchups with these wide receivers. It's going to get better against the Falcons here. So that's one injury we have to watch. In the backfield here for Tampa Bay, we saw the Peyton Barber, Antone Smith kind of split here. It was very uninspiring overall. Antone Smith was a little bit more involved. Barber was technically the starter, but the game flow, eight touches for 52 yards for Antone Smith, but then he got hurt in garbage time late, so he couldn't give you the production there. And Barber didn't look all that effective. He still ended up with 15 touches for 55 so it's kind of a wash there in terms of production smith did have a fumble so he had the minus two there but still nothing exciting here let's hope that jaquiz rogers at least can come back after the 10-day layoff maybe doug martin can with a hamstring and fix this backfield because it's really hurting right now down to just barber and mike james being healthy on the atlanta side we didn't have tevin coleman again he was out with the hamstring injury devonta freeman came through here pretty well you were a little frustrated that there was no touchdown because Matt Ryan had all these chances in the red zone they threw to Julio Jones once you're fine with that but then Austin Hooper scored a touchdown Patrick DeMarco the fullback scored a touchdown just outside the red zone Levine Tololo the other tight end ran past the Buccaneers defense and scored so a lot of guys at least three of them scoring that you wish Freeman could have got on the board there but overall he had 19 touches here so he did get your typical volume the game was out of hand so they could kind of uh bring in Teron Ward a little bit more and Stephen Ridley really late to uh, close this out so Freeman didn't need to be used too much with the score and you had 19 touches for him so still pretty good he went over 100 overall 105 yards from scrimmage so when you look at Freeman's game, it could have been a lot bigger. You'll take it in this one. It's just a little frustrating that other guys got the touchdown here. So this matchup was fun, what we needed in fantasy. A good start to the week, and uh, we'll have to see on uh, Winston's injury. That's the big concern coming out of this one. Trufant, kind of a second note on that as well. One other thing on the Buccaneers side that we'll mention is the receiving core. Without... Russell Shepard in there. He was banged up and out of here. Adam Humphreys did get some love in a PPR league with five catches for 46 yards and a touchdown late there. And Cameron Brait had the very late touchdown with Mike Glennon, five catches, 43 yards, and a touchdown. So maybe there's some hope as Evan starts to open things up for other guys. I couldn't look at Humphreys as a guy that you're going to look at every week. I think it's dependent on how games go and if Tampa Bay is throwing this much. But Brait, second straight week he scored. He scored against Atlanta in the first matchup. He needs to be consistently involved in this offense, and I think they'll realize that going forward. So look for Brait to be more of a factor here. And with Austin Hooper, I know Tolalu scored, and you had Marco, the fullback, score. But Hooper, if Jacob Tammy continues to be out and banged up, Hooper is just a great athletic talent that the Falcons will get involved heavily here. So. I, I think you look at Muhammad Snu, he cooled off there five catches, 74 yards. That's because Taylor Gabriel's in this mix too, five for 52 receiving, and then had the two 
for 24 on the ground as well. So he's being becoming a bigger part of this offense. But I would say that when Tevin Coleman comes back, he's really the second option here to Julio Jones in the passing game in terms of dynamic plays. So that's going to change the way Gabriel is used. So I wouldn't flock to Gabriel. I would cool on Sanu a little bit and uh, maybe think more about Hooper going forward if uh, Tammy is still banged up. Joining me now, as promised, on the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast for our three and out segment is Travis Rogers. He's the host of Locked On Rams on the network. Travis, how's it going? I'm good, Vinny. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we have to look at this team. They're coming off a bye here and playing the Carolina Panthers is a tough matchup. And there's some more fantasy intrigue with this team going forward. And the first thing we have to look at, Todd Gurley. A lot of people took him as the number one or no, number two overall pick in fantasy. He's been pretty good, and he's getting a lot of touches, but he hasn't kind of uh, lived up to that status yet. Are we going to start to see him be used well with big workload and produce a little bit more in the second half? You know, I, I think Rams fans are, are hopeful, and certainly people that, that have Todd Gurley on their fantasy teams are, are hopeful as well. Um, I'm a little more skeptical, quite honestly, that the Rams' offensive line has really not performed very well this season, and you go back to the end of last season and you watch the way that Todd Gurley played for the last five or six games during the 2015 season, and it looked a lot like what we're seeing this year, that he really hasn't found that that breakout gear that he had when he first started last year. Um, I, I, I really haven't seen it. He's not running with a great deal of, of downhill violence. He's not breaking a ton of tackles. He's not falling forward. Um, they need to get him going. The Rams are in a weird spot right now. They're kind of in it, but not really. And if they're going to get back into it for real, they're going to need to get him going. Yeah, and actually a bright surprise for some people in fantasy, if they've looked at it as Kenny Britt and his production and Tavon Austin is also coming on. There's actually some viable wide receivers to look at uh, from week to week in Los Angeles. Now, going forward, I think they both have good matchups this week. How do you assess that with Austin and Britt? And going forward, who do you think is going to be more productive in this passing game? Well, you know, the, the, the Rams go out of their way to try and get Tavon Austin involved, whether that's with throwing him screen passes or the jet sweeps that they'll run. They'll run some reverses here and there. Um, they, they try very hard to get him involved. Now, they really haven't had a ton of success in incorporating him into the offense on a, on a you know, a series in and series out. That Kenny Britt has kind of become their number one receiver by default. The, the Rams really don't have that guy that – when you need a big catch in a big situation or you need to go to a play that you know is going to gain positive yardage, they really don't have that. I, I think they're both having nice years. I think Tavon's got some problems uh, in the offense with his reluctance to, to kind of go over the middle. But Kate Brett's done a good job. I'll, I'll be honest, the guy that's kind of surprised me, I think he was on the verge of getting cut coming out of camp with Brian Quick, and he's actually had a really nice season. Yeah, another receiver that fantasy people have kind of started to throw out as a sleeper consistently as Lance Kendricks at tight end. Do you think there's a legitimate role for him in this offense? And can he t- take advantage of a good matchup like Carolina? I think he can. The better question, I think, is will they? Because I, I've been saying this all season long, Vinny. I, the Rams have been very reluctant to engage the, the tight end in their offense. They, they let Jared Cook go during the offseason. They went out and drafted Tyler Higby out of Western Kentucky with a relatively high draft pick to go and get him, and they really haven't used the tight end. Like you mentioned, Kendricks has been the guy, but they, they use him sparingly. When they do go to him, it's there. It's available. Yet I don't really feel like Rob Boris has gone out of his way to make him a part of the offense. I, I agree with you. I think there's a big opportunity there, but the Rams 
Now, when you look at these two quarterbacks, Case Keenum and Jared Goff, obviously not on the field yet, but now what are some tendencies you've seen with Keenum with who he likes to go to, and how do you think that might change if they make the switch to Goff? Um, <laughs> this has been the question in L.A. all season long, is when do you make the switch to Jared Goff? Because Case Keenum is terribly limited in what you can do. When you look at what the Rams try to do, they rarely throw the ball downfield, and, and I think this is a big reason why they can't get Todd Gurley going, is there's not the defense in football that respects what Case Keenum can do. So they're just loading up the line of scrimmage. Keenum can't, or I should say Gurley can't get going, so Keenum, Keenum's, this is the way I've been saying it on Lockdown Rams all season long, when Keenum is at his very, very best, he's a C-minus quarterback, and he's rarely at his very, very best. So I, I don't know if he has a favorite target. I think that he's just trying to go to the place that he thinks is the best play in any given moment. Um, I think we're probably one or two losses away from seeing Jared Goff and, and the end of the case, Keenum era. Well, Travis, I really appreciate your time today. And uh, Travis, please tell them where they can get Locked on Rams and where they can follow your work elsewhere. Yeah, uh, Locked on Rams, you can follow the Twitter handle. You can follow me on Twitter, at Travis Rogers. Uh, Rogers has a D in it, R-O-D-G-E-R-S. Uh, I do the pre- and post-shipple for the, the Rams radio network on ESPN LA um, and 100.3 The Sound in LA. And you find it on Facebook and all, all the other places we put the podcast. So there's lots of ways to find it. Be sure to listen to that to get all the scoop on the Rams going forward. Thanks a lot, Travis. Yeah, thanks, Ray. So thanks again so much to Travis Rogers of Locked on Rams for joining us to break down that team and looking at maybe some better fantasy prospects from that team going forward here in the second half of the season, maybe more from that receiving core. That would be nice to see maybe with the Jared Goff in there soon. Now we have to run down the injury updates that you need to know going into the weekend to close our show and the week here on uh, Tune Up Friday. And we start a quarterback, Cody Kessler. There's some mystery of whether he's going to start or not, but there's no mystery that he's healthy. He's practicing, coming back from the concussion, so he'll be available. I think they'll go that route to start him. It's not a bad streaming option against the Cowboys. And we know that Tony Romo is not going to play, and Dak Prescott is going to get the start again. A great matchup for Dak. He's good to go. Trevor Simeon's going to be in there. Not a bad streaming option, sneaky one if you're in a deep league. Two QBs or have some major buy issues that Simeon practicing in full he's good for that Raiders matchup Andrew Luck always has a little issue with the right shoulder but he's good to go Alex Smith has been limited in practice he's not going to start here Nick Foles is getting the nod against the Jaguars a lot of questions about Foles this week I don't think you can play him especially with so many other good streaming options that are a little bit more reliable Ben Roethlisberger that's the big question he's headed towards playing here has been limited this week so look for the designation but I would lean on him playing here against Baltimore. It's a rivalry game. They need him badly to get back on track. Russell Wilson, he should be good to go for Monday night against the Bills. I don't know what production you'll get from him because he's struggling in that department, but he at least is healthy. Running back in that same game, LaShawn McCoy, we're not 100% sure he's going to go. It's a tough one with Monday. Hopefully they have Mike Gillisley so he can make that decision late with him, but the hamstring, there's a chance he's out there, but again, we don't know how much they would use him if he's healthy. We saw that a couple weeks ago, that it was a little bit of a mess. Jonathan Stewart, he's just been rested. He's good to go. Devontae Booker has a shoulder, but he's going to go for the Broncos against the Raiders. Theo Riddick 
He's fully expected to play. He's been limited in practice, but he'll go against Minnesota. It's a tough matchup, however. James Starks, the Packers are semi-optimistic. He'll be available against the Colts, but he, I, I would lean toward no there, and if not, Ty Montgomery is going to see more action here, probably coming back from his own injury with the illness. So look at uh, the Kansas City matchup here. It's very good for the running backs, but it looks like Charkandrick West is the one position to take advantage of it. Jamal Charles, we already know, is an IR. Spencer Ware hasn't been practicing with a concussion. So it's looking good for West, a hot pickup that can be valuable right away. Bobby Rainey, you're probably not starting him, but he's available for the Giants. He's got a calf injury. Matt Forte is battling a knee for the past few weeks, but he's red hot right now. Miami's a pretty good matchup for him, so keep going with him. This is a notable one, Jameez Olawali, the fullback for the Raiders, because he's got an ankle injury. He's been a little limited. That could actually help the red zone value of Latavius Murray. So that's an interesting development here. Ryan Matthews had a tooth issue, but he'll be good to go here for the Giants, for the Eagles. So I don't know how many touches he'll get in relation to Darren Sproles, but at least he'll be available for short yardage and red zone. Yonja Williams is... A question mark now after being downgraded with his knee injury. He didn't play in their last game. So Le'Veon Bell, that for owners of him, you should feel confident that he's going to get that full, full workload. Carlos Hyde, he's the question mark. The 49ers are being very coy and shady with updating his status. He's been limited in practice there with the shoulder. It can be a tough injury to play through. So I think that's leaning towards a game-time decision or something really late on that. Dewan Harris is now the preferred guy to have in there. It's not exciting because Mike Davis and Sean Drawn are also in that committee there. It's a good matchup against New Orleans, however, so you have to keep it on your radar, especially with all the buys. Looking at Thomas Rawls, he's going to miss another game here on Monday night. He's probably one more week away at least. But So Kristen Michaels also seems to go, except expect C.J. Proceis to get a few more touches out of the backfield as a runner and receiver as well. DeMarco Murray, that was a question mark after last Thursday night's game. He's got the foot injury, but he's going to play through it. The one thing I would note is that Derrick Henry, they've already come out and said they want to use him a little bit more. And why wouldn't they? Henry has been a little bit effective, and their offensive line is good enough where Henry can be productive if you slow down Murray. So keep that in mind. A few less touches, but still a very good matchup against the Chargers this week. And wide receiver, Steve Smith is not going to be out there. He's got and ankle issues. Gotten limited practice here, but Baltimore doesn't expect him to play, so you have to look elsewhere there. I, I don't really like any of the Ravens receivers in that matchup. Anyway, Robert Woods, he's going to be out there for Seattle, but again, tough, tough matchup when he's the de facto number one receiver here and might see some of Richard Sherman. So can't trust him or Marquise Goodwin, who's trying to play from a concussion that he had last week that kept him out. Terrell Pryor, is going to be good to go, staying on the Lake, Lake Erie theme, that he'll be good for Dallas. He's got a good matchup here because Morris Claiborne is going to be missing this game. So Pryor and Corey Coleman are good starts because there's going to be high volume of Browns passing in this game. So those two are good to go, and along with Gary Barnage. So there'll be plenty of options for likely Kessler over McCown there. Des Bryant, he had a back issue also pop up with the knee, but – He's gotten full practice here, so he's going to be there to play against the Browns. We look at Marvin Jones. Very tough matchup there in Minnesota. Probably get a lot of Xavier Rhodes and limit the deep ball. So 
he'll be out there. He's got a foot injury. He's been very uh, slowed and ineffective in the past few games. So uh, it's not exciting, but he will be available for you in your lineup. Randall Cobb, the Packers are hoping he can somehow get out there against the Colts. If he does, definitely put him out there. Ty Montgomery, we mentioned he did have the sickle cell trait that kind of kept him out of uh, making the game last week, but it is at home against the Colts, so he should be in there. T.Y. Hilton, there was some concern with his hamstring in that same game, but he's back to practicing in full. Him and Dante Moncrief are very good starts this week. Jeremy Macklin popped up late here Thursday. It's not good to see a guy come on the injury report midweek. He had a growing injury that kept him out of practice, so you have to check back for details on that. It's a decent matchup against the Jaguars, but I think it's trickier than you think with Jalen Ramsey on that side. So if you have other options, you can probably easily go away from Macklin this week despite him scoring last week. Devontae Parker... He's going to be fine and play against the Jets. He's got the hamstring still that always has him on the injury report. But keep in mind that Kenny Stills is seeing a bigger role in this offense, and he's the guy that Ryan Tannehill trusts most after Jarvis Landry. So Parker's at the moment I think is quite unplayable. Odell Beckham Jr., there was some concern about his hip injury, but they've had the bye. They're being careful with him, uh, precautionary measures, keeping him limited practice. But he's good to go for the Eagles. You're going to have him in your lineup. Brandon Marshall and Quincy Inunua for the other New York team, foot and knee ankle issues. They're fine, though. They're going to play. It's a good matchup against the Dolphins. Secondary, Amari Cooper hasn't been hurt all year. He's been limited with a back injury, but he'll be good for Denver. It's a tough matchup there for sure, but maybe a break with Aqib Tlaib having a lower back issue and not playing himself, so that'll open things up for him, Cooper and Michael Crabtree. Antonio Brown, he also has a hip as an elite receiver, but he's been practicing in full. He's going to be out there and giving you a great chance to go off against the Ravens. He usually doesn't have big numbers against the Ravens, but I think this time could be the case. Marcus Wheaton is going to be available, but keep in mind that he's behind Darius Hayward Bay as a starter. He's probably behind Sammy Coates as a big playmaker as well in this offense. So all in on Antonio Brown this week. With the Chargers, Travis Benjamin and Tyrell Williams both have that knee issue still, but they should be out there for the matchup against the Titans. Charles Clay with the knee is going to play for the Bills, but he's not going to play in your lineup. Jared Cook, there's more hope that he can come back soon here because he's not getting limited practice in there, but I don't think it's going to be this week against the Colts. It's too bad. It's a pretty good matchup. So just keep an eye on that if there's something that gradually improves with him. And then you can look at him this week. But Dwayne Allen on the other side of that, he's also got some limited practice this week. But I I really can't see him being out there. It's a tough injury, and uh, he should be out for another game in Green Bay. Julius Thomas has an ankle. He was able to get back and practice full on Thursday. So he'll play against the Chiefs, but the Chiefs have been very good against the tight end. Austin Safarian Jenkins, he's kind of a bit of a dart throw there for the Jets in Miami. It is a decent matchup. They need to get him a little bit more involved in this passing game. So I could see him maybe getting in back here from the ankle injury scoring, but we'll see about that. And Antonio Gates, I think you have to put him high on your radar because Hunter Henry, he had a concussion last week. The knee is a real concern here because he's missed two days of practice. It's not looking good for Henry. So that makes Gates a great play because I think that's where how you attack the Broncos with the tight end. So I think you look at what he did last week. 
you, you saw him score against the Broncos, so I think you feel better about him uh, doing well against Tennessee this week. So Gates might be old school Gates here in a better than you think matchup against Denver. And the last guy we'll mention at tight end here is Jimmy Graham. He's had this knee issue all year. He was really slow down last week in New Orleans. It is a tough matchup against the Bills, but he will be out there for the Seahawks. So there you have it. Those are all your key injury updates here for the skill position players going in to the week nine weekend games. And that, that should help you now with everything we've done this week uh, from Roundup Monday to tell you what we saw coming out of the week eight games to tune up Friday, the last minute injury updates with the matchup Wednesday and uh, pickup Tuesday and all the stuff that we've done this week. This is all about leading you throughout the week to have the best possible lineup for the following week. That's what we do here. It's it's a lot of fun. We, we're glad that you listen every day, every weekday, and you can subscribe that way on Audio Boom or iTunes to uh, make sure that you're always in touch with everything you need to know about fantasy football. And please make sure you listen to all the podcasts on the Lockdown Network. We're rolling with all our NBA shows. We've got our fantasy basketball show as well locked on fantasy there so listen to that sister show listen to the other sister show locked on nfl with matt williamson with the scouting perspective nationally to break down the game's reality as well so great great stuff in the network it's an exciting time to be a part of it we're here to help you listen uh, wherever you are and really help you dominate in your fantasy league week after week that's our goal hope you enjoy it Good luck this weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop! At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS, wireless, figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.